Hey. Uh, hi. What are you wearing? Uh, is this you, Grandma? <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I, how do I is respond your, to that? Is your grandmother regular? Okay. <laughs> Confession time. Honesty. Sure. Does your grandmother regularly phone you up and say, Petey, what are you wearing? <laughs> no. No? Has she no. ever? No. Then I don't understand the path you took to get there. I I panicked. I just wanted some. I said something that I thought would be awkward and just a, a mission accomplished. I guess. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling satisfied. Not <laughs> awkward. I feel like you feel awkward, and mm. that typically leaves me satisfied. So oh, that's yes. That's, it's a yin and yang. Is, it, it, there's a balance to the force. It's our dynamic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hello and welcome. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Movie Men Podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm Peter, the uh, yeah. opposite to Brady, who's uh, <laughs> over there. The opposite? Like, <laughs> not the opposite, like in opposition, or, or not even opposition, in in collaboration. Sorry. Like, the, like, like the, I'm picturing like a, <laughs> like a, like a negative, like a, like a film negative. No. Like a Dante's Inferno kind of, <laughs> or no? What is it? It's not Dante's Inferno. What's the What's the painting where there's like the angels and they've got swords and they're like pointing down at the ground and then there's like an inverse version and it's like demons and and stuff oh. and they're wow. you don't know this? Okay, I gotta find it. I not by it name, but I don't think that describes us. That's not what I was going for. They, it was just in a movie or a TV show. Huh. Uh, oh, it's in, um, hey, 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 it's in, uh, it's in Batman v Superman. Oh. Lex Luthor oh, has yes. it hanging on his wall. Yes, yes, right, yeah. Yeah, and he like yeah. flips it, he flips it upside down. Mm-hmm. He says, because cause demons, demons come from above or something. The devil, right. devil comes from the sky. Yeah. Um, once upon a time, we... Dabbled in the world of naturist films. I yeah, technically more than once upon a time, but yes, we did. Yeah, well, I was going to say once upon a time we dabbled, and then kind of never looked back. Like, <laughs> right. Yes. It took it. It took off like a wildfire on the front porch of a, a farmhouse <laughs> with a moonshine distillery in the basement. <laughs> is it? Is it can? But just let that mental picture fester for a moment. Yeah. Kaboom. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we reviewed some Nature's films. Uh, we had a gentleman on the show. Uh, we've had him on the show twice, mm. but only once talking about a Nature's film. Right. Yeah. The other time we were talking about Love Actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, does Love Actually... Love actually has nudity in it, doesn't it? Is there a yes, naked scene? Yes, but like main, mainstream, non yeah, whatever it counts. Nudity. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, he, he so he was on the show, um, mm. and he started. He owns Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, um, mm. a, yes. a a a you know adequately named naturist park, um, and he was like, hey, you know, we, well, we reached out and we're like, hey, we want to do a naturist film. What do we do? What mm-hmm. what naturist film do we do? And he recommended one to us, uh, and we had so much fun with it. And and the episode was was a beaming success. 
um, for us. And so then a couple of months later, we had, so all of a sudden we had this like naturist community mm-hmm. that, that were following us on Twitter and listening to our show. And, um, and we weren't, we weren't, we weren't feeding them properly, <laughs> you know? And so we made a couple more, we, we've reviewed a few, um, and it's been too long. It's been too long since we've done something in the naturist genre. Mm-hmm. Genre. And so um this is our this is our effort to amend that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm uh, yeah. Do you have anything to say? No? No, 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 no. No. It it, it no. is time. Okay. It is time. Uh so listen, this week, uh I don't think we've ever done an episode this way before. Four. No, um, not quite. It's a pre-recorded interview. Mm-hmm. This is a conversation that happened in the past. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We sat down with a gentleman named Mark Story. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the author of uh, Cinema au Naturel, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a a written history on the the. On a, a written history of naturist films. Uh, mm-hmm. He also wrote the book uh, Theater au Naturel, which is a collection of naturist plays um, and, and stage production um, things. And uh, yeah, and he's he's done a whole bunch of stuff. He's very active in the naturist world. Um, and so it was exciting to have him on the show and talk a little bit about um, just nature's films we talked about we talked about the three nature's films that you and i have already watched mm-hmm. um and that kind of led to a, bu- a bunch of other interesting information uh and then from there we asked him a couple of of sort of general nature's film questions as well mm-hmm. um and yeah the 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 conversation um the conversation was really fascinating so we're excited to share it with you mm-hmm. um I wanted to make a disclaimer, not a disclaimer. Here's the thing. So we, when we first started reviewing naturist films, we first started talking about naturist films. Um, I always, like from the get-go, it was no, it was no accident that we started doing this. Mm-hmm. We didn't bump into Stefan in the street. <laughs> right. um, I myself was and am a naturist. Mm-hmm. And and that's not something that I, like, I don't think I've ever directly, exclusively said that in this show. Mm. Um, I think more recently I have not, I've never tried to hide it, but more recently no. I've, like, dropped hints at it a little bit. Like, I'll say something that's that's, you know, maybe alludes to it i've been like there's been there's been Mm. easter eggs there Mm -hmm. anyways at the time when we were doing these naturist reviews um and talking about these movies or or interviewing people Mm -hmm. more specifically interviewing people like i would when we interviewed stefan and i and i would ask questions like um you know, you know, well, what is it like in the naturist world when blah, 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 right? I would ask a question that I already, as a naturist, knew the answer to. Hmm. Yep. And, and I got a lot of flack for that. Like, people started messaging me, people who knew I was a naturist. Hmm. Um, and, and since that time, 
I have come out fairly publicly um, on the internet. Like my my public image is is fairly naturist centric now. Mm. Um, mm. And and I've had people people have commented and people have said like, oh, that was kind of sneaky, wasn't it? <laughs> and and I just want to say no, no. If you know anything, so I mean, basically, what we're doing every time we interview someone is mm-hmm. our our small basement style back country redneck version of journalism, <laughs> and. <laughs> I mean, we're no, we're not proper journalists. Let's mm. let's get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> but it's journalism, and good journalism is, you know, just because I know the answer to a question doesn't mm. mean, you know, you you. So, anyways, lay the off, best, my friends. The best the best questions are the ones that shed light on on both the informed and uninformed. And if if you ask every question. With the assumption that you know everyone know has the same base knowledge as I do, you're going to miss out on a lot of information or a lot of information that's divulged that otherwise wouldn't be. And it's it's just journalism 101. Right. Whatever you just said. Um, so <laughs> I just I wanted to get that out of the way because in this interview I talk very candidly um, mm-hmm. about naturism and and my experience and some of my knowledge, and I just didn't didn't want you know. I'm just tired of the, just don't, don't message me. Don't comment. <laughs> don't comment and be like, oh, well, uh, how long, what's the timeline here, man? Because if <laughs> I recall correctly, there was a point in time when you were asking questions that made you seem that's kind of, are you ashamed? No, I'm not ashamed. No, I hadn't told my own mom yet. I wasn't going to get on the internet and tell you, relax. <laughs> Steve. <sighs> Steven. So without further ado, uh, without further ado, here is that, uh, here's that discussion we had. It's not even an interview. It's, we, ha- we sat it's and we had a great conversation. A conversation. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're excited. We're, we're long overdue for a naturist episode. We kind of, we kind of, we're a movie podcast that have, have, sort of fallen into the subcategory of part-time naturist movie podcast as well. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, but it's, it's good. We enjoy it and, and we have a following um, who are naturist. And so it, uh, yeah, it, it just works out, works out really well. Um, could you, before we go any further, um, we just like you to tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe, um, you know, uh, shout off some some credentials here so that we, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like we just brought okay. in Joe Blow to talk about naked people in movies with us. <laughs> well, you really want Eric Schaefer if you're going to talk about old uh, nudist films with his uh, book, uh, Bold, Daring, Shocking, New. But uh, I think I've done the first book-length thing on nudist films. There's a lot of good books out there on nudity in films. Certainly a lot of stuff on porn, pre-porn, everything around that. I haven't really been too interested in that stuff. But it turns out that there's a, a huge number of nudist films from the 1930s on here in, the, in North America. Uh, so yeah, I wrote the book, Cinema Naturel. It's now in its second edition that came out out of London Press um, here this year, 2021. 
that was a blast to put together. Uh, I also have edited a book on uh, naturist plays, uh, Theodore Naturel, a collection of naturist plays um, from the 1930s and primarily some plays that some friends and I produced in um, the Seattle area a few years back. I also was co-author of uh, The World's Greatest Nude Beaches and Resorts, um, published by N Editions and Lifestyle Press out of Europe. I was kind of in charge of Western Hemisphere resorts and clubs, as I recall, beaches. Um, other people covered Europe and the Pacific and whatnot. I, I've been pub um, writing articles for Nude Natural magazine for gosh, close to 20 years. I do a lot of spilling of ink there. I, there always seems to be some interesting tie into the naturist world. Um, given lectures, worked with uh, the Nature Society. I uh, was a board member of the Nature's Action Committee, which is kind of a political organization. Was on that board for about 15 years. And the Nature's Education Foundation, nonprofit uh, educational group, is trying to explain to business leaders, politicians, colleges, the public, what naturism might be about. So I've been kind of an ideologue for um, a while now, since uh, pretty much since I was a teenager, when I was skinny dipping with my dad and brother while fishing. And um, years later, as a young adult, kind of found some people, got themselves cited for skinny dipping at some local beach. And they asked me for some assistance uh, and to talk with some police and legislators. I kind of got into that a little bit, found it was really fun, a great group of people, and have been uh, kind of involved with the stuff ever since. Yeah, I was so so. It just kind of furthering um, your involvement in in this world. Um, you were fairly instrumental in the shooting down of a bill getting passed, were you not? Well, you, you might have got this from Wiki, which I did not write. Uh, I suppose, in a sense, I've some people I was working with. I was kind of the the. You know, principal lead in that little project. It was a naturist action committee project. There was a bill that we thought was bad. Uh, it wasn't against naturists, but it was going to impact um, just non-sexualized nudity in um, isolated public lands. People were going to get cited who shouldn't be getting cited. So we worked with uh, some committees in our state capital, Olympia, here in Washington, and uh, the committee chair and the committees agreed with us pretty quickly and uh, had. Uh, what we thought was a good resolution to a proposed bill. And they just kind of adjusted it and it safeguarded naturists. And we were happy with that. So either way, quite a few years ago. Yeah. Either way, you're largely active. Um, not as much politically right now. I'm spending most of my time in these COVID years writing. Uh, I've got various articles I'm working on, um, but yeah, I, I've stayed active with it, and certainly, uh, certainly involved pretty heavily with the Nature Society and certain you know local groups. There's um, local and regional groups that uh, oftentimes have some interesting projects off the ground. If I can help, I love to. So it sounds like we're talking to the right person then. So that's uh, that's good. That's reassuring. <laughs> well, in terms of nudist film, sure, I, I would love to talk to you. I, I probably have more opinions than I really should have. Um, well, that's us too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so on that topic then, um, over the last couple of years, Pete and I have, um, under under the advisorship of Stéphane Duchesne, who is a mutual friend of ours, um, has recommended time and time again a couple of naturist films to us. Um, and uh, we have embarked on all of them. Um, and we're actually planning on having him on the show again in a couple of months, um, to talk about, 
the history of non-sexual nudity in secular films. Um, so things like, you know, your your Titanic drawing scenes and your, um, you know, just kind of just every, everyday nudity. Um, and so, but yeah, so I, I think Pete and I, you said, Mark, you said you have a lot of opinions. Pete and I certainly do as well. Um, Pete as a non-naturist, myself as a naturist, and both of us as movie fans um, have have seen a lot of... We've seen a lot of stuff that makes us laugh and smile. We've seen a lot of things that intrigue us. I think I can speak for both of us, though, when when I say we've also seen a lot of crap. We've also seen a lot of just god-awful movie-making and confused. The worst of nudist films are the nadir of film history. This is absolute garbage for the most part. There's some nice gems coming up. In the past decades, yeah, sure, there have been a few really interesting movies, and some of them are socially or legally interesting. Uh, but yeah, my God, these the nudist exploitation films are like the worst of the nudist of uh, the exploitation films. Uh, all you had to do is throw female flesh on the screen, and you could fill a theater. Oh, for I'm sure. talking 30s, 40s, and the 50s. Uh, not so much today; it's a whole different world now. But um, my God, yeah, you're right. Some of these were not so much bad as put you to sleep, mind-numbingly dull. I've seen some of these old films from, you know, the 50s and early 60s where it's just nothing but women bored out of their minds sitting around a swimming pool trying to find something to do. And you can, just, you can almost hear the director yelling in the background, do something, anything, toss a beach ball, jump on a, uh, on a you know, trip around on a volleyball court, do anything to move. And these poor women who oftentimes aren't nudists, they're just paid models. You can see it because their breasts are getting sunburned and whatnot. Uh, it just makes for a, in my mind, a mind-numbing but fascinating phenomenon. Sure. Yeah, they've all got yeah, they've all I, got tan you know, lines. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it, there's quite a variety. But yeah, there's you don't watch nudist films for, for quality. Now there's some interesting things coming out in the last couple decades, and in the 1980s there were some stellar videos that came out. But uh, yeah, your your classic nudist films from the 30s on to the 60s. Uh, <laughs> that's hysterically bad for yeah. the most part with i think the first naturist film that i ever saw um was was had nothing to do it was long before i was a naturist and it had nothing to do with our podcast um it was oh god 50s or 60s probably 60s um a film called diary of a nudist um yeah 1960s doris wishman yeah, and so she's like, uh, she's she works for a, a paper or a, and she's an editorial, and her her boss says, hey, we're gonna do a piece on this local n- nude camp. Um, yep. You gotta go, and just makes yep. it like it is, and and it's it's an interesting concept because it's so ridiculous. Like you know, we're gonna get into are many of the premises of a lot of these naturist films. Um, but what a, what a, what an example just of, of like the patriarchy in the sixties, right? That, that this male boss says to his female employee, you're going to go, you're going to go take all your clothes off and work at this place. And if you don't, you're fired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to the sixties, I suppose, but that was actually a, a pretty good example of a, mediocre 
nudist film. It wasn't the worst by any stretch of means. Doris Wishman has a rabid uh, following of fans these days, and she's passed away, of course. But I think Diary of a Nudist is one of, I wouldn't call it good, but it's one of her better ones. It's actually got a storyline. You get to see Zelda Supli floating around in the film somewhere. She's the owner of the, the club where they were filming. And Doris Wishman, of course, was no nudist. She would never take her clothes off. Her crew oftentimes enjoyed getting naked, what crew she had um, uh, during the filming. Um, but yeah, that, you know, the Diary of a Nudist uh, is a nice example of what Wish, what Wishman's known for. Yeah, she would write the script after the filming was done. She'd go in and it may be maximum one week to, to save money, do a bunch, get a bunch of film uh, clips going. And then later on, she would actually cobble together the details of the story. She would have a basic idea of what the story would be. And that's why you're, you see oftentimes whoever's talking isn't in the screen. And then she pounds back and forth to the various people who are talking, but it's always the person listening, usually the person listening who gets uh, the, the film time. Or if you are, she is focusing on somebody, maybe she's, she's got a telephone in front of the guy's mouth because she didn't want to have to have words that she would write later, you know, tie up, you know, tie in with uh, the, the lip movement. That's, so a great that's example. really interesting. Really low yeah. budget approaches. Huh. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I certainly don't mind that one. Um, it, uh, I think the first time I saw it, I was probably like 13 and it was like one in the morning on channel 300 and, uh, and, and I was less, I was certainly less interested in critiquing the film at the time than I was now and after I became a naturist and went back and watched it. Um, yeah. But actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not bad. Um, having said that, though, the first film that we reviewed for our podcast was Garden of Eden. And Garden of Eden is, as far as a, like a production standpoint, it seems pretty on par with a lot of films from the 1950s. Like, we, we didn't watch it and go, oh, the production is is just awful. Um, mm -hmm. The acting is a little campy at times, but so are a lot of 1950s films. Like, it's, it's, it's bad by today's standards, um, but there's a lot of other 1950s films that... Uh, that have much worse acting in them and are considered excellent films. Um, but there's a couple of interesting things that I think stood out to us when we watched it. One being, and this, this is going to be a reoccurring theme, um, but one being the trope of it's, it's, you know, and there's always a variation on it, but in this case, it's, it's late at night and the car is broken down and we have no choice but to enter this property that we <laughs> that a very unassuming property and then we discover oh no this is a nudist place and and now we're forced to to deal with that it seems like in these films this is the introduction of nobody ever enters a nudist resort willingly it's always by accident mm. It is a common yeah. thing. My Bare Lady out of England does roughly the same thing. Uh, some woman falls into a pond with her bicycle and some guy drives by and helps her do with the nudist club. Um, I can think of like half a dozen films right now that have basically that little trope, as you call it. Uh, 
it's not the most creative way of doing it. And it doesn't happen in real life that often I'm aware of, but uh, yeah, but it, it's a, it's a super important film of all the nudist films that probably historically is the most important. And you talk about production quality. Uh, we got a, I got a director was a Max Nozick, as I recall, he, um, he'd already done Dillinger black beauty. So he's got pretty good Hollywood cred. Um, Boris Kaufman is the film, uh, the, the cameraman. He, that, this year before he got an Academy Award for his uh, camera work on on the waterfront, um, most of these um, these uh, exploitation films are going are work, working outside of Hollywood. This one pretty much is squarely inside the low levels of Hollywood. They spend an entire night filming a one minute scene, and no exploitation film is going to waste that much time. He spent over eighty thousand dollars flying. Well, he spent I don't know how much he spent, but he spent enough money to. Um, put uh, 85 tons of gear onto a plane, a chartered plane to get it flown to Florida. They painted the lawn, they, they added palm trees. They did all kinds of stuff um, that is well beyond a standard nudist film of this time period. And it's really kind of, it's sitting by itself in the 50s. It's, you know, we have films going on in the 30s, in the 40s during World War II, uh, they basically filmmakers basically cut these things up and make these compilation screwball things that people will continue to watch under different titles. 1950s, you really don't have much of anything. It's really in the late 50s, early 60s, you get this new wave of colorized um, nudist films, the Doris Wishman's, Herschel Gordon Lewis's, um, David Friedman's, these kind of people. But uh, uh, the nudists themselves thought highly of the, of uh, Garden of Eden, uh, Norval Packwood, the, uh, President of the American Sunbathing Association at the time was well behind it. He actually played the, the camp owner for the film. There was a mm-hmm. lot of time, energy, and money put into this film. The guy who plays the, the, the disgruntled old grandfather, uh, I forget his name, but he's a stock actor in a ton of B-Hollywood films, a lot of Westerns, uh, and people would have recognized him. I don't think, it was a Marie O'Hare, I forget who the, the, the actress, the main actress was. I don't know that she went on to do much after that, but uh, there was a lot of fairly good names associated with that film. And you don't hear that anywhere in these other exploitation films. So I have a hard time even thinking of it as an exploitation film because of the cost involved and the attempt at quality. But yeah, there's some hackneyed cliches going on and there's no way of getting around that. So why do you think that is a cliche? Like, why do you think in these films, um, and I have my own theory and, and maybe you do too as well, Pete, um, but why do you why do you think it's so common in these films for people to uh, for the conflict in the film? Because all, all good stories have conflict. Um, why is the conflict typically uh, we've we've wound up here by mistake? Well, I don't know if I'd say it's typical. It's common, but we're talking dozens and dozens of nudist films from the '30s through now. And you're, you're certainly not going to find it too often. Now. You find a little bit of it in Act Naturally. Those two girls don't really expect, they don't know where they're going. Right. And latex deals, they are not sure that what kind of property they bought. So, so it does show up. But you pick three films that have a similar theme, but there's still a lot of other themes going on where this just doesn't show up at all. It does show up a lot, though. Uh, keep in mind that these films are not made by nudists. Uh, not um, mm. the, the recent ones are. The older ones from the 30s, 40s, 50s, into the 60s. Now, these are all non-nudists. They, they're they just trying to make some money, and they just know female flesh will sell. And, and then they stop doing it as soon as porn becomes readily available on the screen and 
nudist films just disappear for a decade. Um, so everybody knows kind of what they're up to and they don't need to develop a good story. I mean, no one's, very few people are going to pay to go see a nudist film during these decades. All they want to see is naked women or in our case, Garden of Eden, top, free but free women you know you're not going to see the the naughty bits um but it's just they're just coming up with an excuse to get women on the screen um so i you know you're not going to find too many nudists i would think coming up with that as a ploy um as, as, a, as a device if you will because they just understand there's other ways of doing it but if you're not a nudist and you really don't understand you're probably thinking how can i get the main character into this nudist camp no one's going to go there in his right mind. Who would do that such a thing? It's got to be by mistake. Um, so I don't know. That may be why. You guys might have another idea, though. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess I would say yeah, I definitely can notice a difference uh, with that Mark points out as far as like a film. And I've only seen three films, full disclosure, the three that we're, we're going to mention today. Uh, the Garden of Eden, it definitely has a different vibe because, it, as Mark kind of pointed out, it's not made by naturists. And when we watched Act Naturally, it, it definitely has a different vibe because you can kind of tell the creative team, um, you know, has, has different motives and they're, you know, just not wanting to exploit or, or sell things. Um, but I, I do like. I, I guess maybe I'm a little naive on what all is covered in different naturist films, but I, I guess I'm just wondering, because um, when I look at those two films, they both still have kind of like uh, uh, people being forced into something that they don't understand. Like, why don't we have like a Seinfeld equivalent of of a naturist, like people just working at a naturist camp and the conflict is something outside of people being f not forced into, but kind of pressured into naturism uh, due to lack of understanding. And maybe that goes into the, the point of the message of enlightening some of the characters and then therefore enlightening some of the audience. But I guess I'm just wondering, like, the, the conflict seems to have changed in the two different films I've seen, but in some ways it's still kind of similar, like, you know, the change the method, but it's, you know, something's being forced upon the, the, the main character. Yeah, I wonder, like... You know, like I said, every story needs conflict. And I think the great stories mm. are conflict that you can relate to. And so I think in a lot of ways, it kind of depends on uh, on what your intention is with this film. Who is it that you're trying to reach? Um, you know, as you, you sort of foreshadowed to, Act Naturally is, you know, is made by people in the lifestyle, um, or at least the director is, and and some of the writers, and the act naturally mm. feels much more like a film made for naturists in mind, with um, with enough kind of appeal to a more general audience as well. Um, whereas, uh, and and latex steel, I feel like has an entirely uh, like a third a third demographic altogether or a, a third psychographic. Um, but I think, I think garden of Eden, as we've sort of established is very, very much targeted to the everyday man. Um, that, that, you know, naturists or nudists will enjoy the film, you know, maybe they'll look at it and go, Oh yeah, you know what? This is, this is fairly spot on. Um, it's a little weird that when we cut back and forth, 
from either side of the volleyball game, now all of a sudden the team facing us is wearing shorts and the team looking away from us is not wearing shorts. And then and then we cut to the other side and, and both teams have like, you know, now this team's completely nude and that team's wearing shorts. Because, uh, yeah, God forbid the pubic region. Um, but I just, I wonder if that's what it is. I wonder if it's like, you know, what is something that someone who is not a nudist or not a naturist, what is something that they're going to be able to um, resonate with? And, and you know, and that's maybe it. Well, there, there certainly has got to be a, like more than one answer to it, certainly, because the guys who were uh, producing the film, they're, again, they're, they're seeped in Hollywood. They would like to make some money. They've got enough bankroll behind them to experiment with something that's pretty iffy. They're dealing with some legal issues, or at this point, it's still legally obscene to show the naughty bits. And it's actually legal. In some states, it's going to be legally obscene to show breasts and butts and even talk about nudism. So they're playing with dynamite, and they got to know that. They're not going to go to this much effort and not. So from the filmmaker standpoint, there's got to be an interest in seeing what they can do. It's got to almost be some kind of experiment they can play with, almost um, a, a pet project of sorts. Because they can go do another Dillinger, another Black Beauty, another On the Waterfront. These guys have work. They're not dying for work. So they're wanting to see what they can do. There hasn't been a major nudist film yet. This is like the first one that's uh, actually attempting to get out into major theaters. All the others were shown in little roadhouses and Elks clubs and whatnot. I'm thinking of This Nude World, Elysia Valley, The Nude, The Unashamed, the, the big ones from the 1930s. And all the myriad of little compilation documentaries have chopped up you know, pieces of nudity on film that would show up in these private um, showings also. These guys are actually trying to do something. Now, the ASA, the American Sunbathing Association, they're abundantly clear what they wanted out of it. They wanted to have a quality product that would show uh, nudists for what they were. Um, it would be, nudism's a fun, glorious thing. Uh, you can not like it at first, but you can learn to love it. Uh, come to Lake Como and your life will be changed. And they were really quite excited and thought this, was, this movie was going to really bringing a lot of new converts to nudism, and it actually did. Uh, it was very successful as far as that goes. So then there's got to be, you know, there's clearly more than one reason for it. Uh, the nudists were wanting to kind of sh let the world know what who they are, and the filmmakers are trying to make a buck, and I don't know, maybe they're, <laughs> they're laughing all the way at the time. Uh, but they're throwing some effort into it. Unlike the exploitation filmmakers who just clearly were in it for a buck and would skimp every time they could uh, to get just nonsense on the screen. Um, you guys actually picked a pretty good movie to watch. I'm, I'm afraid if you watch other nudist exploitation films, you would see how good Garden of Eden is in comparison. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> so I'm wondering, like we talk about at the time, it's it's kind of faux pas to be showing certain body parts still. Um, and certainly the way, you know, the way that the film is is framed at times, um, or like I said, the the sudden appearing and reappearing of clothing, depending on the angle, um, is, is evident of that. Um, but something I'm curious about is uh, Karen Sue Trent, who plays little eight-year-old Joan in, in this movie. Um, when I first watched this film... Um, it was, it was, I'd certainly never seen a nature's film this old. And it was a little striking to me at first to see, um, 
the depiction of a nude child in film just because we we you know we live in a society now where that would be almost instantly deemed as as child pornography um and and you just wouldn't see it in a in a modern movie because there's there's too much um there's too much connotation around it there's too much of a stigma there um was th- was that something that was sort of envelope pushing at the time or or no, was that not a big not, deal not a big deal at all back in the 30s 40s into the 50s and the courts were getting incredibly clear on this they are very explicit you can have childhood nudity that is innocent that is wonderful that's american pie what you don't want are uh, adult nudes and god forbid they be male and female on the same screen and there's this all kinds of court cases from this time period uh, actually lauding and applauding childhood nudity. It, it, we hadn't had the pedophilia uh, freak out that we're having now. Um, really, you know, or, or terribly worried about it. It's a horrible concern, yes, but in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, the courts were saying that isn't the problem. It's adult nudity. Now it's flipped around. If you try to buy nudist films now, some of this garbage that you guys were joking about. You go to places like Something Weird Video, which will sell, you know, well, let's just stream these online, buy a few um, copies. You'll even find they are very concerned about the childhood nudity from these films of the 30s, 40s, 50s, into the 60s. They'll actually delete scenes with the kids in them. And if you buy the videos, you're not going to see the kids. And that was just, just flat out legal and perfectly okay up through the 60s. It's only in Reagan years since then that we really have a real huge concern over childhood nudity, and we don't have nearly the concern over um, adult nudity. Like, act naturally, virtually everything's there. I guess they wanted to avoid the, you know, I don't even know if they had the thing rated, but they kept most of the naughty bits out for the most part, um, just because that's how our rating system likes to work. But no, childhood nudity was not an issue back then. It, uh, it is now, and things have just flipped now it's okay to be adult naked but we don't want to see a kid sure yeah which is interesting because like and and again it's like pictures and film because i i think now or i think back to like before i was a naturist um you know even even as a even as an everyday joe blow like in the summer you would go to the beach and you would see, you know, like a, a four-year-old or a five-year-old getting changed out of their, their bathing suit on the beach and, and putting a pull-up or their underwear on or whatever. And, uh, and it wasn't, like, you didn't think anything of it. Um, it, 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 you know, it was just kind of like, oh, well, they're, they're a little kid, so it doesn't matter. Um, but it's, it's, yeah. So it was just interesting to me because I didn't know... Um, I knew that it was certainly a no-no nowadays, and I just didn't know uh, sort of the history behind that. So, uh, yeah. and it's cultural. You go to China or say some Mexico. Spend a fair amount of time on those beaches. They're just kind of studying beach, how people handle beaches, and you'll have little kids like that running around naked. No one really seems to care. Um, but not, it's getting less and less that way in the United States. When I was a kid, yeah, I mean, little kids could be running around without a bathing suit on. Now, people were concerned about that. So it's a, it's a, it's definitely a shift, but it, it wasn't an issue. That wouldn't have, the kid in the, in the movie, the Garden of Eden, would not have um, struck anybody as odd. In fact, one of the miners who was in that film 
when she turned 20, she was, uh, I think she was pregnant and married with her husband. She tried to go see the film so she could see herself in the film, but she wasn't let in because she was under 21, even though it was okay for her to be in the film naked, but she couldn't actually see it as an adult. Oh, isn't that something? Yeah. That's so weird. Uh, Pete, do you have any other thoughts on Garden of Eden before we, we truck on here? Or questions, rather? Pete? Oh, it looks like we lost Pete at one point. Hang on, I'm going to let him back in here. Yep, there he is. Hello, Pete. Pete, Pete, talk to us, Pete. <laughs> Pete, you have your, your mic muted there, sir. Okay, well, we're going to... Uh, there he goes. We're going to truck along without Pete. Um, oh, and, uh, and yeah, hopefully he... Hopefully... He rejoins us at uh, at some point here. He's trying again. Hello, Pete. Hello. I have joined, so now I can unmute it. When did you? When did you? Wh- where'd you go? <laughs> I have no idea. All my devices simultaneously cut out. I texted my wife and I said, "What's going on?" And she said she didn't know. Yeah, no worries. We had a great conversation. Uh, we're just wrapping up. No, no, no. I'm just, just. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, um, sorry, boys. You're gonna love listening back to it, though. You'll you'll be like, oh wow, this is uh, what a great podcast. Um, I I have a follow up question for something Mark was talking about, but I don't know if he's moved like ten steps past that point. So, okay. I, I well, can, hit us can, with it. Okay. Well, I am just curious what's led to this change, and there might be a few different answers, and there's no way to definitively pinpoint it but i'm curious what's led to this change in you know if we look at the past where we've got films uh that were made with different intents then there was a different in- industry for nature or naked film and then we look at modern day and we see act naturally in different uh films with with different creative kind of agendas and i'm just curious what led to this change like is it just a generational thing where we have filmmakers now who've grown up in the naturist lifestyle saying hey i like film i like this i i like both so let's let's do this or is it just that there's a greater appetite or a greater market for pe- like people who want to watch like a-, a little bit more accurate naturist representation of film like what's what's kind of led to this eventual shift where we go nowadays we see films like we kind of do compared to the past this is fascinating stuff and you guys just got to say, Mark, that's enough. Shut up. You're, you're, you can't do this all night. But there's, there's answers to your questions. It's a shit, really are. shit it, question, it's, Pete. It's, just a shit question. Oh, God. <laughs> you can spend a good hour on this. This is fascinating stuff. Uh, I'll respond if, if that's okay. You, you guys just got to tell me, Mark, that's you know that's too much. But, okay, in, in, in the 30s, we, we got Hollywood being self-censoring, and saying we're not going to do the stuff that's going to cause the national censorship laws or state level censorship laws. So we're going to we're going to get better. We're not we're going to shut up Mae West and and uh, all these little people who are doing naughty things. Outside of Hollywood comes these exploitation films. These are people who are able to do some do handle some nudity, particularly nudist films, uh, and get away with it because the rest of the country isn't hammering Hollywood itself. Now Hollywood's 
trying to be a good boy, good kid. Um, but these exploitation filmmakers in the 30s, 40s, into the 60s are getting away with all the stuff Hollywood no longer wishes to do. By the mid and late 60s, though, Supreme Court's ruling nudity is perfectly okay. You can show it on film. So there's absolutely no reason to show nudist films anymore because the people who want to see the nudist films just want to see naked women. They could care less about the nudist stuff. And the filmmakers could care less about nudism. They just want to show naked women so they can make some money. Now they can give people what they wanted all along, porn. And when you have 1970s, we have like the heyday of porn where you get a ton of this porn coming out. It's just straightforward, everything from soft to hard stuff. Nudist films are pretty much almost invisible in the 1970s. They, the nudists are so tired of people associating uh, sexual stuff with nudism that they're saying, we don't want to have anything to do with, with these films anymore. But in the 1980s, we're starting, or we have some, some camera gear that's freed up from the Vietnam War, so it's cheap, and we got some people who buy that stuff, and they're pretty good filmmakers, and they're starting to make videos, not films, but videos. Edin Velez is the first major player here in the United States, followed by people like David Ball, Charles McFarland, uh, Charlie Simmons. Uh, there's a, a string of really good videographers um, who produce some really good fictional accounts, but for the most part, documentaries of actual honest-to-God naturism, whether it's beach naturism or club nudism. Uh, they're putting out a bunch of videos, and they're making a ton of money for the most part uh, because the stuff's not around. The naturists wanting to travel are picking up these videos and watching them on their little cassette players at home. And through the 80s into the 90s, it's doing pretty well. Um, Hollywood is not touching nudism to speak of. There's little jokes here and there, but they're really not touching much of it at all. But this stuff is now clearly different from the exploitation films of decades past. This is now done by nudists and naturists, oftentimes for nudists and naturists. We have a few people who will produce videos uh, to show to legislators or business leaders, but for the most part, it's... The, the main audience and the market is naturists themselves. You know, people like Bern Loibel starting internationally company, selling tons of videos and doing pretty well at it. Um, it's, this is happening in Europe. It's happening throughout North America, Canada, United, United States anyway. Um, <clears throat> if you start talking to these videographers, and I got to talk to most of them in the process of writing this book, they all had one dream, and that is to actually have the budget to make an honest-to-God fictional movie, a feature film, that's not promoting nudism, but is somehow about it, and somehow injects ordinary nudists into an ordinary storyline. And none of them thought they really could do a good job with the kind of budget they were working with. Uh, we're now seeing, with uh, video gear getting even less expensive in the 21st century and with now posting online we're seeing a huge number of people who have an interest in naturism they can now afford to do it all you need is a good home computer and a pretty decent camera gives you far better opportunities than people had 20 30 years ago uh, so we have now a large number of people who may not be professional videographers or filmmakers but producing things like act naturally uh, and some other pretty good videos, and they may not quite be the quality that's going to make a, you know, hit the feature film circuit, but now they have opportunities to stream them. Uh, they were selling them as DVDs or DVDRs for a while, but now, heck, I could make a movie, and I can probably get it streamed on Amazon, and if I keep the price low enough, there will be somebody out there who will watch it, and if it's any good at all, maybe a buzz will occur. So the, the world has completely changed regarding nature's video.
with uh, streaming. I'm working backwards now. Streaming now, DVDs, um, VHS, all that stuff just opened the doors to a lot of different people. And the markets has shifted. Uh, some people are producing videos and posting and streaming stuff just for naturists. And it tends to be documentary style. Here's where you go. Here's what you'll expect to see at this beach or this club. But other people are thinking, hey, I think uh, I can make a, a good movie. And I want to do it with some naturists um, and have a naturist theme to it. And I think that's what we're seeing with uh, late, or at least with Act Naturally. Latex Steel, I think, that's from France. They're just more used to having naturists around. So that isn't a big deal. There's a lot of movies in Fran out of France that have naturist themes and uh, naturist characters. I think they can actually play in that movie uh, with the kind of the underbelly of naturism, or at least what's perceived as an underbelly of naturism. And um, in, in latex steels, you kind of see what that filmmaker perceives to be kind of a, a bad experience in among naturists. But the audience, yeah, the audience has just shifted like crazy over the last couple of decades. It's yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of things you said there I want to hit on. Like, yeah, one for sure. So it's interesting. Um because I know, you know, as far as as far as skin flicks goes, um, yeah, the seventies and particularly nineteen seventy two with the movie Deep Throat is is infamous. That's that kicked off and completely revolutionized the the type of video content um, that was being made. And so it's it's interesting that 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 uh, you know that the the booming porn industry sort of coincided with a decline in interest in in these exploitation films because there was no longer there was no longer a need for it why you know why buy the the why go out and buy the the mundane and and um and easy approach to things when there's this much more you know when the good stuff the real stuff where they're showing you stuff that they wouldn't otherwise um you know you can you can go get your thrills from that instead so that's that's really interesting um and then yeah as you know i i think i'm excited to see personally i'm excited to see because like you said now you know if you've got if you've got a decent laptop some editing software and and honestly, a modern cell phone, you can, uh, you know, our cell phones shoot incredible footage. The fact that we have cell phones that shoot 4K, 5K, 8K is is nuts. And then, you know what, a little bit of color grading and uh, and you've got something, you've got something that looks like a film. This past summer, I, um, and Pete, you know this, this past summer, I was the cinematographer and editor for a video um, called The First Time Experience that we shot for Bear Oaks. Um, and we shot it with a couple of GoPros and and a little bit of color grading, a little bit of, you know, whatever else. And uh, we threw that up online like six or seven months ago, and it's done over three million views. Um, so the ability to create and and distribute is is it's way easier than it's ever been before. The film industry, anyone can be a filmmaker now. Really, any, anyone can be a filmmaker. Filmmaking used to be the most expensive, difficult, because, you know, even once you made it, you you had to get this thing distributed somehow. Um, and that was a really expensive, difficult thing to do. Um, but yeah, so it... 
it's it's fascinating to to me to see where this is going to go um and um what kind of yeah what kind of what kind of advancements in naturist film we might see in the next little while hmm. yeah like it, right now i'm talking about wow it's crazy how did we get here and in 20 years, the next Bradian people will go, wow, how did we go from 2022 to the future? Yeah. Are you kidding me? We're going to be the reasons why why podcasts get outlawed. There's not going to be another. This will be. Yeah. No, it's 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 one and done here. One and done. Um, so let's move on to, to Latex Steel. Um <laughs> Man, so when this film, when, when Pete and I sat down to watch Latex Teal, and it starts out, and you're like, "Oh, this is actually this is pretty interesting." It's definitely mm. got lower. It's it's got lower production value, um, but it feels artistic. Like it, it's not just like yeah. It, it it feels like when they made it, they were well aware of what their budget was. They were well aware of the type of film quality that they were shooting for and and they utilize that properly it doesn't come across as oh this is just low budget it comes across as this is indie and artistic um and so i think that's something that's a win for it again the acting in it isn't horrible the ever-present at least for us trope of of Man, like, what do you? Why are all these people taking their clothes off? What? How? How could I have possibly ended up on this island without knowing that it was? You know, that's there. I think what was so interesting for us watching this one is Latex Steel has a very interesting twist. In that you're watching it and you go, "Okay, yep, it's your garden variety naturist film." Um, and what's going to happen is they have all these preconceived notions that it's all about sex and that everyone here is having, having these orgies. Um, and by the end of the film, they're going to realize, Hey, that's not true. And, and naturism is really beautiful and wonderful. And they're going to become naturists themselves. And, and you're kind of like, you know, you get a little bit of an eye roll cause you're like, oh, okay, here we go. The same old, same old plot. <laughs> And then about halfway through the film, one night our our protagonist is taking out the trash and she peers through the bushes and she she happens to to glance in on a party where they all are doing each other. And and it is a big orgy and it turns out that at nighttime it this this island, this community, this little town is like a, a, it's just one big sex fest um and i and now that i'm saying it out loud it i still find it so shocking and jarring and and like i we i literally had a moment where i was like what is happening am i actually seeing this is this actually what they're and to this day i haven't gotten a solid answer about why why the hell would they, is that, what is that? Is that Hollywood or whoever made this film not getting it? Is it, is it them thinking that the true nature of story is, is too mundane? Why take a film about swingers who are also nudists and, and market that as 
the typical naturist experience. That's not a rhetorical question, right? We no, can talk about that's it. That's a legitimate question. I want to like right. have at her. Shall I go, or Pete? You want to chime in? Oh, I <laughs> I would mirror much of what Brady said. You know, first okay. half, first half impressions were okay. I think I see where this is going, and then second half impressions were whoa, okay. no, not so much. Okay, how about this? Okay, again, it's French. The most uh, commonly known clothing optional site in france is cap dog yep. and as i recall the movie this movie is really portraying something very much akin to cap dog now i haven't been there but i've got a billion friends who have and i people some people love it some people hate it will never go back um but it is a major metropolis of sorts it's a big city yes you can go shopping nude you can get your hair done nude they got multiple beaches and some of it's incredibly family friendly you can take your kid and your grandmother i am told to cap dog and have a wonderful time um, if you go to certain beaches and you go to bed fairly early at night, but you wander around the, the campus, if you will, in the evening and people were in fetish wear, uh, they're going to the varieties of various cl sex clubs is what they amount to. And there's going to be certain beaches where basically it's an army of guys hoping to see a couple have sex on the beach or a woman do herself on the beach. So when I saw the thing, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is a, an accurate slice of life. And it's most naturists around the world who know about cop dog are a little bit embarrassed by the thing. They keep hoping it'll pull itself together. Because um, it, it, it started out It started out with, with like, it, it didn't start out this way, right? Like, it started no, out no. and it was very idealistic and it was exactly what naturists would have wanted it to be. And then at some point down the line, someone realized, hey, sex makes a lot more money than than yes. ethics and morals do. And it, sex makes a lot more money than naturism does, apparently. There are a number of nudist clubs in North America, Europe, that uh, the owners are going, you know, I'm struggling financially with county tax code, county, county tax codes, environmental impact studies. Uh, people aren't showing up. All I got to do is turn into a swinger club. And I can triple my income every single month. And they're just changing from nudist clubs to swinger clubs. I, I, I know one in Southern California did it recently and Texas did it recently. It's a, I think it's a shame because my tribe, the naturists, would rather have the place be family friendly and something we'd be comfortable going to. Cap Dog seems to have two sides to it, depending on what you're looking for. And I, people in France understand this. Uh, it's not that big of a country. You can drive across the thing in, in a day or so. Uh, so they're going to know about Cap Dog. They're going to know about the many other naturist beaches and very much family-friendly nudist resorts and clubs that they've got. But uh, they do know about Cap Dog, and pretty much anybody in the naturist world who travels at all has heard of it. Uh, so I suspect this movie is, you know, again, by non-naturists uh, just coming up with a storyline that they think will play well in France and maybe uh, internationally. internationally. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's not that, um, you can't say it's, it's false. That kind of stuff can't happen. What I recall about the movie, and I haven't seen this one recently, I recall about the movie, though, the people in it, the naked people, were fairly normal-looking. And that, by that, I mean they weren't pretty. A lot of them were fairly just kind of normal-looking people with body hair and kind of gritty, unlike Act Naturally or Garden of Eden, where pretty much everybody was kind of 
happy in Garden of Eden and very young and vivacious and act naturally. As I recall, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, one of the reasons this family wasn't that thrilled being around naked people is they weren't pretty naked people. They weren't aesthetically pleasing. Um, they just kind of just looked like grimy people that you would see out on the streets because they wouldn't have clothes on with fat and wrinkles and hair and whatnot that a lot of people don't want to look at. I liked that in the movie. It's more of an accurate portrayal of humanity, for better or for worse. That is a lot of times how we look. And uh, they, as I recall, they didn't try to make nature's look too overly young or too overly uh, fit. They just made them look somewhat like you'd see on the street. Am I remembering this correctly, you guys? Yeah, I, th- I that think does so. does ring a bell. Yeah, there's a good there's I, a good. I, admit, I, I think I... Yeah, and I do remember this specific like calling out of the mother like over the phone saying, "Yeah, these people aren't very pretty," or or some such like commenting on their physical nature, and that that was where one of the red flags went off before we were kind of cluing in where this movie was going. We were going, "Oh, but that's missing the point, is it not?" Of yeah, and yeah, so. But the movie, the movie is not trying to uh, promote naturism, as I recall, in any way. It's, mm-hmm. if anything, it's an attack on naturism, uh, saying that you know, naturism has this underbelly. Well, you know, hmm. I'm, I'm the biggest naturist ideologue you're going to have on this show. Um, and I'll admit, there are good naturists, there are bad naturists, there are naturists who don't like sex, and there are naturists who do like sex. Most do. Um so it it doesn't surprise me that someone wants to uh, show a cop dog style of uh, of slice of naturism. Garden of Eden showed a completely opposite slice of naturism. Most of it's somewhere in between, where you just have fairly normal people, except they don't have their clothes on, uh, enjoying themselves at a at a campground or a little bit of a resort. Um, I, I I felt kind of sorry that the family couldn't figure out that there was some good to be found in the naked culture. But frankly, they were seeing a lot of the, the unsavory part and they probably just kind of got tired of it. And this film produ- production team was uh, working on that premise that you can kind of be dis- dismayed by what you see in that aspect of naturism. Sure. Sure. My slam. Uh, so moving on then, I guess to act naturally, um, we actually, uh, we were fortunate enough a little while back, a uh, year, year and a half, something like that yeah. ago, uh, we mm. interviewed the director, um, on the show. And so that was, that was kind of fun. Um, at which point he teased about, there's supposedly a sequel coming. There's a sequel that's been shot and is sitting somewhere half edited or is sitting somewhere edited, but there's no funds to distribute it or something. Cause it was supposed to come out like a year ago um, or longer mm. 2019 or 20, 2020 or something. The movie was supposed to come out. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's happening with that. Apparently he has that shot. And while they were shooting that one, they were also shooting a couple of scenes for the third one. Um, and it was like a three, three story arc. I didn't mind act naturally. I think it's of the three films. It's certainly, um, it suffers the most from a production value standpoint because it has a low budget, but unlike latex deal that knew it had a low budget act naturally feels like it's trying to be something bigger than what it is. Um, Hmm. 
And that maybe hurts it a little bit. Like sometimes, although it's shot like it's supposed to be a movie, sometimes it has just because of the lenses they're using and stuff. Sometimes it just has like a, a TV or like a Hallmark movie kind of feel to it. Um, and ultimately the story is, the premise is interesting. The father dies and and they're kind of, you know, they're a little bit estranged and they've never, the two sisters have never met each other and and you know they decide they decide in the end ultimately to keep the park and and become nudists and and everyone's happy it's just kind of like 90 minutes of not a lot happening though like it it's 90 minutes and i've kind of just told you everything that happens um so it's not a horrible film by any means and and it's it's if you haven't seen it, it's worth the watch. Um, but the acting isn't incredible, except for the two leads. Like the two leads are legitimate actresses, um, and they're quite good. Um, but aside from that, none of the acting blows you away. The production value suffers a little bit, and the plot is pretty bare bones. Um, Mark, obviously, you've seen Act Naturally. What what is your experience with it? Well, it is. A repeat of the nudist story back in 1960. This is a British film that does exactly the same story. One woman whose father, grandfather, or some uncle dies, leaves her a nudist camp. She doesn't know it's a nudist camp until she shows up. She just wants to sell it, and everybody's trying to show her the glories of nudism. Of course, she falls in love with somebody there and uh, does realize there's just glories and epiphany and eudaimonia wrapped up in a little package with nudism and decides not to sell the club and everybody's happy. I think they all wave at her just like at the end here. Uh, but that's okay. That, that part didn't bother me that it was a repeat. It's a story worth retelling again. Um, I'm 63 years old at this point. When I first saw it, I was uh, a good 20 years ago, I suppose. Um, but it's... I wouldn't have seen it 20 years ago. New to story I saw 20 years ago. When I first saw Act Naturally, it did strike me, because uh, since I have been to Olive Dell Ranch, I actually probably slept in that very cabin they had where that guy had his little office and they're called little birdhouses. <laughs> they're, there. they're cute little cabins. Uh, lo- lovely place. Lovely yeah. <laughs> place. Great place for hiking around, walking. Uh, so I recall nice people, uh, nice swimming pool and all. Cold water. Um, but it... it <sighs> I can't help it. The film just does not present nudists as you'd find them at nudist clubs. Everybody's young and good looking. Um, that just, and shaved every, there's it just, and then nothing. I'm not commenting on that. It's just, it just looks so antiseptically young. Um, and maybe if I was that age, I wouldn't notice it. But at this point, I'm definitely noticing it. They're in the, the one of the managers seems to be you know, somewhat middle-aged, and that's fine. Uh, that kind of amps it up a little bit. But uh, you're just not going to have that many people of that age there. You're going to find far more old people. You probably, if you're lucky, you'll find some young families with some kids floating around. Obviously, the stage of the game, they're not going to have naked kids in their movie. That just isn't something they're going to want to deal with. So it, you know, it struck me as odd. What I did like about it, though, is here we have a director or a producer, whoever's doing this, trying to come up with a story uh, that has a fairly accurate portrayal of what naturism might be kind of about and what naturist might be concerned with. And you've got a couple characters you don't normally see in nudist films. you got that gay guy. He's, a, he's kind of squishy. 
I don't think he needed to be swishy, but he's a, he was a, actually an interesting character. Um, it, it is it was kind of sexed up a bit. You start looking at the outtakes at the end of the film, and everybody's just joking about sex like crazy. So maybe yeah. you know, that's fine. It's, maybe that's what the actual people in real life are into. Um, and certainly you can have sex in a nudist club. And I, you know, people like sex, and that's fine. But I don't, I haven't experienced in the, my decades of naturism that much sexual tension. Um, maybe that's me, and I just miss out on it. Uh, but I just kind of have floated through my news life without really having that much sexual far for all going around. Um, it's, it's a youngish film and maybe that's what uh, the director wants to you know, have in there. He's got some good looking actresses and actors in there. Um, but it did kind of come across to me as, and I don't mean this in a bad way, younger than nudism would actually be, or younger than most safe ways in baseball stadiums would be. It just simply was homogenous, um, in terms of, of age, anyway. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I agree. I think the the representation is is really off. I think there's like one of the one of the actors that work at the park in this um, in this movie. She's got like some scarring on her face or her arm or so they they did mm. they did attempt to show um body body flaws as society would see them um but i think you know when you're doing something like this it, you're casting a lot of your friends you're casting people you know um and you know i think the filmmakers were young and ergo a lot of their friends were young um, and the representation certainly isn't as good as as it could be. Like you said, um, often you're going to see a lot of people who are a lot older, um, and that simply boils down to not that that young people aren't into naturism. Young people are so busy. Like you know, yeah. when you're in your 60s and your 70s and stuff like that, you have more time. You're yep. probably retired, so you have more time to just go and lay on a, mm. a recliner out naked in the sun all week. Um, and you also ha- <laughs> you also have more financial stability. You have more money. You can afford a membership at a naturist mm-hmm. resort. You you have your own transportation, right? A lot of people like 15, 16, 17, into their 20s, maybe even into their 30s, might not own their own car. Might be paying off school, might be paying off, you know, your first house, your mortgage payments, you know, what have you. Uh, and so you don't have any money to go to these naturist places, and you're working your ass off to afford the expenses you do have, so you don't have any free time to go to these places. But, so that's interesting. The sexual tension Every, is... Sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying Everything you're saying just has really strikes true. I've talked to, like, I do a lot of traveling around, going to various clubs, writing stories about them for and magazines. So I've talked to a lot of club owners, and they're all saying the same thing. And I've had the same conversation with them many times. They want to know how to get young people to show up, more of them. And I say, build a rock climbing wall, uh, hire a band that doesn't come out of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And they say, <laughs> well, there's no way... Our older members are going to listen to new music and rock climbing walls and everything that young people want. Young people have got energy people like I don't have anymore. I could actually enjoy sitting by a pool or a beach and I would be a good day for me. But when I was younger, <laughs> I wanted to do something. And I found clubs 
mind-numbingly boring because they just didn't do anything physical. Yeah. And you just, uh, they don't want to deal with uh, the insurance rates. It, oh. It's simply the fun stuff that would draw young people would cost so much that it would break their bank. And what they can do is pickleball, bocce ball, <laughs> horseshoes, <laughs> shuffleboard. I mean, this is old people stuff. Yeah. And it's classic cliche, new to stuff. And, and literally the owners say, I, we just can't afford something interesting, like an Olympic swimming pool, uh, uh, workout gear. Um, I don't know. I, I keep waiting to see a climbing wall. I thought that would bring in some, some younger people. Sure. Yeah. Even, so, even- I mean, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, even the even the biggest, you know, arguably the biggest and most recognizable nature of sport there is volleyball. You, there's not sixties and seventy year olds out there jumping around for the most part out there jumping around diving for the ball. Like it's just not it's not something you're seeing a lot of. Uh, and it raises an interesting point. Like so, at Bear Oaks, um, and we've been trying to launch it for uh, three years now. Two. This will be our third year. Um, and the pandemic has put a wrench in, in launching any new events or, or, you know, things like that. Um, but we're actually putting together a, like a dance, like a DJ lights, smoke, um, uh, beer garden style, like club night outside on the lawn club night. Um, and a lot of people I know there's all, you know, there'd be a lot of naturists who, are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, they're going to look at that and go, ugh, like I don't, you know, we don't want that here, we don't need that here. And a lot of park owners, club owners, resort owners that would go, ugh, well, that's that's not what my older clientele want. And, and if there's any owners listening right now, I'm speaking directly to you right now, your older clientele, as, as wonderful as they are, they are not the future of your park. They are not the future of naturism. <laughs> and naturism's going to, like, and that doesn't mean that every weekend is this big, crazy, ridiculous thing. You find the balance. But understand that these younger families, those are your, that is the future of, of the lifestyle. And so if, if naturism, as it has many times before, if it's not able to adapt and evolve, um, you know, to accommodate this new generation, then then it's it's going to die out. It's going to die out with these older members, like quite literally going to die out with them. Um, and so, yeah, no, I I agree. I I agree entirely. The other thing you said about this movie was the sexuality, and and yeah, you're 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 dead on there. Like it would make sense to me for the two girls to show up and feel that tension because. They're coming directly out of the the hypersexualized society, the textile world, um, and they don't have those sensibilities about them yet about about naturism and about social nudity. Um, but the guy, like, there's but there's people at this park. The naturists are also caught up in that tension with these girls, and there's like. Uh, not sex scenes, but I think there's like the, you know, the door closes and it fades to dark and it wakes up and everyone's got like come out of the cabin with messed up hair or, you know, whatever it is. Like they're clearly having sex in this. And it's, it's weird because when the, when the credits roll, like you said, there's this like blooper behind the scenes kind of montage that I feel like undoes like any feelings you had watching the film of 
oh, the filmmakers here, the atmosphere on this set, they really got it. They really, they really get it that it's that, that, you know, that nudity and sexuality don't have to be in the same conversation. They're not the same thing, right? They can exist together, but they don't always have to exist together. Um, and then, and this montage that happens, all these little clips, I feel like hurts so much of that credibility. It, it, it very quickly undoes any of those good feelings that you had about, oh, you know what? They got it right. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> You're going to say something, Pete? No, no, no. I'm in just in agreement. Yeah. For for two young women to actually show up at a nudist club, that would be a strikingly interesting event as it is. Um, you just don't find that happening that often. You don't find a guy or a couple guys or fraternity of guys wanting to show up but to have a couple of young women show up uh that's something um <clears throat> there is no way in heck anybody directly associated with that club is going to do anything but extend the most courteous um conversations to them um i just can't even i mean, i don't know I, i've seen nudist dork nudist guys uh spend far too much time more or less very subtly hitting on some new woman and it's just pain in the neck to watch it happen and you just kind of wish the guy would disappear because he's just messing things up but just because he's socially inept um that kind of stuff you're going to find those kinds of people no matter where you go but i just got the impression <laughs> that kind of thing could happen at any given moment in this film and it it didn't strike me as too realistic what i did like about the film another thing that i think was accurate that is super super subtle was a sense of sensuousness you know, there's a sensual, you know, William Blake makes a distinction between sensuality and sensuousness, but there's this kind of feeling of, uh, kind of this blissful feeling of having air and water on you. And Blake apparently liked being naked occasionally with his wife as they're reading Milton and whatnot in the backyard. Um, but as they're getting in and out of water, walking around, there is a kind of a sense that these people the the nudists there and the two new women were coming to recognize there is something really pleasant about just wandering about with other human beings in an outdoor setting that came across i think kind of subtly they didn't really talk about it but i i see that more in act naturally than i do really garden of eden which in a sense is more you know directly addressing the issue um or maybe they got you know they got that pretty good i thought hmm. yeah i would agree Yep. Yeah, there's definitely more emphasis on what the experience is as opposed to just this is weird and we need to overcome it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have any other questions about Act Naturally, Pete? I don't think so. I mean, it is, it is, uh, you know, I, I would mirror everything that both of you have said about it, but I, I, I like, the, the modern more kind of rejuvenized interpretation that I, that I viewed from it. So I, I think I hold it in a bit of a higher light, but it definitely had its, its shortcomings in some ways. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I have a question then that is, is, is just a little bit more of a, a theoretical question. Um, 
the of the three films that we've talked about, and and really, if you look at the films, the naturist films that are out there, there aren't many, if any. Garden of Eden might be the closest um, direct directly naturist film that could be considered a a of its of its time of its era a, a true proper Hollywood film. Um, you know, there's there are films like uh, the Jennifer Aniston film uh, Wanderlust that has a whole kind of nudist um, nudist group kind of theme that runs throughout that movie, um, but but it's it's mostly used for comedic effect um, in in what is otherwise not a nudist film. Um, what what would it take, and is it possible, for there to be a genuine blockbuster Hollywood naturist film that exists, um, you know, whether it be advertising, although I don't think it should be, because I think that's when a film starts coming across as cheap, so maybe it needs to be that in a naturist setting already and and just regular naturists dealing with regular everyday stuff although then maybe the film's not relatable enough and no one's going to go see it except a gawk like i don't i don't know is it possible and and if so in your opinion what is what is the perfect storm that makes that work oh. <clears throat> that is the holy grail for every single nature's videographer I talked to, every single one of them. That's what they wanted to do. Most of them didn't think they were ever going to be able to do it. Um, by the way, I've, I've got to say, if anything comes close, it might be, in my opinion, confetti. Uh, I became an Olivia Coleman mad fan after that movie. Uh, she claimed it was the worst experience in her life, but she was naked the, virtually the entire film. She was uh, the nudist woman in this goofball comedy about um, different various couples trying to get a free wedding. Yeah. Um, and the nudist couple was only one of them. But I thought they handled the nudist stuff well, and she was an awesome nudist. Uh, she wasn't like a Bo Derek 10. She was an absolutely gorgeous, normal-looking woman in the prime of her life. And uh, I don't know, if you like Olivia Coleman and the Queen and the various things she's done since then, you got to go back and see that. Um, I thought it handled the nudist stuff tongue-in-cheek. They're joking around about it constantly, but that's okay. Um, nudism can seem kind of goofy and funny to a lot of people. I say, don't have a thick skin, just go with the flow and enjoy the laugh. Um, but I thought that's movie did a pretty good job but what would be the ideal movie almost everybody i've talked to the filmmakers are saying it can't be about nudism it just has to be a nudist or a nudist setting as part of an otherwise interesting storyline um there's lots of novels that do this uh, i think of uh, john ball's novel the cool cottontail from the 60s uh, he's just uh, Virgil Tibbs, the black detective. He just has to go to a nudist club because somebody's dead in the swimming pool there. And he ends up talking to nudists, uh, getting introduced to nudism about it. He doesn't become a nudist himself. Uh, plays it kind of even-handedly. But throughout the, the book, you kind of find out what nudist life is like, what some nudists aspire to, what their principles are, why some people don't like it, why some people do like it. And then, But this, it's the story, it's the murder mystery that kind of drives the whole thing. 
if they could have a film like that, I think a lot of naturists would be really happy. As long as naturism was portrayed accurately and as part of an otherwise ordinarily interesting life, I think it could be a good film. Whether it would do well and be a blockbuster, I don't know. I, I think nudism is something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with still. Um, you just would have to, have to put a bunch of money in terms of good story and good actors in it. But I think it can be done, but I think it would need to be naturism accurately portrayed, but not focused on just as a setting or as a part of the storyline, in my opinion. You would almost need you would almost need some sort of star power pull to make it to give it some credibility. Right? Like we it doesn't need to be like big crazy hunks, like, you know, yeah. but like Find someone who find someone who's done nudity in a film um, before, so you know they're willing to do it. Someone who's not the quote unquote a perfect ten, um, but someone who has enough star power and and recognition that that you know. Oh, then maybe you're getting into to unaffordable budgets because you have to pay this Hollywood yeah. star to be naked the entire film. Mm. I'd like to see Jack Nicholson and Helen Mirren do exactly this. And they're both old, they're both aging like crazy. And they both have nudist back well, not nudist backgrounds, but Jack Nicholson likes running around naked. And Mirren has a history of it, of course. Jack Nicholson. Uh, admit it. Yeah, Jack Nicholson spent like a month or two living living in his own home. His own home, he he, yeah. he would uh, he was completely naked, and it didn't matter who came over to visit. He was not putting pants on, and some people <laughs> some people had no interest in it, and and were very uncomfortable, and <laughs> others were you know others were like oh, I'm gonna go visit Jack because I don't have to wear pants at Jack's house, and people joined in, <laughs> and that's that's so great. Well, if they get a good comedy with people like that, and it's not promoting nudism, just that's that's. A relevant, a relevant element to the storyline. Uh, I think it could do a lot, and I, you know, that's that's what the the movie I'd like to see. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Pete, do you have any other questions for Mark? Just in general? No, no I don't think so. I, I do think that's a fascinating question and kind of response Mark had as far as what we need to see or what we could see for uh, something to be an, a little bit more mainstream. But uh, no, no, I think he's he's definitely give, granted us a bit more exposure as far as this this world. Sure, uh, Mark, I'm going to leave you with one last question. Um, what, in your opinion, is one thing that naturist films um, or depictions of naturism in film consistently get wrong? Uh, and what is something that consistently is yeah is, is is done pretty well? Yeah, well, what they get wrong if we're talking about the nudist films made by non-nudists, like the stuff up through the '60s, it's it's pretty clearly it's if you show up if you're and you show up with your shorts on and a camera wrapped around your neck, you can have one glorious day. That ain't gonna happen quite the way the these older movies from the '40s, '50s, and '60s. It is not a bevy of uh, female pulchritude. Um, it's it's a normal group of people. So yeah, the old films got that wrong. Um, what are they getting it right? There is again that sensuousness that Blake alludes to. 
there is that delight in the sunshine and the air and the water that I think anybody is going to appreciate once you give it a try. I mean, almost everybody likes swimming. People ask me, why, you know, why should I, why should you be naked? Why do you have to be naked? Why not wear a swimsuit? I say, well, do you like swimming? And everybody says, yes. Says, do you like swimming in a long sleeve t-shirt and jeans or a bathing suit? Say, well, clearly a bathing suit. And I said, well, it's the same thing with nature's. They would rather be naked that wear the bathing suit. It's just the same kind of thing. They just have taken it one step further. And those movies do seem to kind of get that across. Um, and there is some kind of a delight, a sensuous delight in it. That's not the, the depth of nudism, but it is an element to it. So I think they get that right. Yeah. I always tell people, mm. um, I always tell people, you know, if you think about, think about any time you've been at a backyard party, backyard barbecue or or whatever, and it happens to be at a lake or, or they have a pool or whatever, and you've shown up, you know, it's the summertime, you've shown up in a t-shirt and your swim trunks. Um, and with the, with the knowledge that there's the opportunity to swim, um, but you don't ever end up swimming, you, you know, when, when the time comes to go swimming, you think to yourself, eh, I'm, I don't really want to go swimming. I would, I would surmise that, that a lot of the time, maybe 75% of the time, it's because it's not that you don't want to swim. It's you don't want to get wet. And it's not that you don't want to get wet because that's you're easily dryable. It's you are looking ahead to the sensation of your wet, clingy bathing suit, heavy, wet, awful, <laughs> clingy bathing suit. And that's such an off-putting notion that you're like, ah, I don't want to go swimming. Even if the water's <laughs> great, water could be beautiful. But you're like, nah, mm. I if I go in, then I get, you know, then I'm then I'm wet. Then I'm gonna be wet for a while and it's gonna take a bit to dry. Right? Nobody goes, I don't want to shower because then I'm going to be wet. No, because you get out of the shower and you dry yourself off and you're you're like basically instantly dry. Right, but if you had to shower with shorts on and then keep those shorts on for the next three hours, we would all shower far less because we would be like, "Well, that's awful. I don't want that. That sounds terrible, terrible." <sighs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, do you have anything else to leave us with, Mark? Any, any, like you know, if if you could. If there was one piece of naturist film wisdom that you could impart on the world, <laughs> don't watch anything from the sixties. <laughs> There's actually, if you want to watch some good naturist film that I think naturists would be happy with, some of the two earliest ones, the three earliest ones would be This Nude World, Elysia Valley of the Nude, and The Unashamed. Those three all came from the first half of the 1930s, and I don't think we've improved upon them, to be honest. There's some great videography <laughs> since the 1980s, fabulous stuff. There's some really good creative stuff by some a wonderful array of people now getting posted on you know, streaming and whatnot, I can find online. But for feature films, um, I can't do better than say This Nude World is a good documentary. It's it covers a lot of good ground and Lisa Valley, the newt is funny and it's well-filmed and the unashamed actually has some, some tragedy, which is amazing to find and associated with nudism, but it's a honest to God race relation issues, suicidal issues all wrapped up in a really good nudist film. Um, so there's some good stuff out there to look at. Cool. 
All right. Well, Mark, mm. thank you Me. so much for joining us. Um, it has been educational, to say the least. Um, it's been fun. It's been, I think we, we, yeah. we had a great conversation. Um, and you're certainly welcome mm. back anytime. Uh, and yeah, we, uh, we look forward to chatting with you soon. Okay. I enjoyed it. Mm. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you Thanks, soon. Mark. Okay, Pete, I need to ask you. Zero to 10, how would you rate that conversation? <laughs> well, Mark, I don't was, know. How, I, I don't know how to come out of a conversation. I don't know how to end an something. episode other than asking yeah. you zero to ten. Right. What did you think of, like, you, you know, in the gadgets category? Um, <laughs> music, Bond girl, portrayal, action. What? Mm. How would you? What do you think? Yeah, story. I don't it was know. a pretty good story. I mean, the guy's name is Story. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so story, I would say ten out of ten. Mm. I, you know what, I would give him a 10 out of 10. He was gracious. He was, he was great with, uh, asking or answering our questions. Um, yeah, no, he was wonderful. He was wonderful. Yeah. If you're new here, we always end the show in a very, 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 very specific way. (laughs) Also, if you're new here, welcome. (laughs) Uh, but we always end the show just by, uh, asking each other. I mean, this is a movie podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we always end the we always end the episode um, just talking about what kind of films we've been watching. So, Pete, in the last week since we talked, what have you watched, sir? The only thing I'm trying to look at my list. I think the only thing that I technically watched it was kind of a busy week. Is I think I watched in this time frame the final episode of the Disney Plus uh, TV show, The Book of Boba Fett, which I had been watching uh-huh. throughout episode by episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Instead of going back and watching the MCU shows that you're <laughs> behind on. Yeah. Good. I'm good, behind good, on good. so much. I'm behind on other Star Wars shows. I just picked and choose, and I, I just randomly watched this. But um, yeah, you know what? It, it was. I can't say it was the greatest show I've ever seen. I feel like there are probably a lot of things I missed from not seeing every single other Star Wars show, or at least The Mandalorian, I guess is what I'm referring to. Um, But I got enough out of it that I kept coming back. And again, the theme song was just phenomenal. I listen to that on repeat when I'm brushing my teeth. It's just so good. Um, And, you know, I think if I had, like I said, if I had seen The Mandalorian, if I was a little more versed in the Clone Wars and other Star Wars universe things, I think there were a lot of Easter eggs or snippets that I would have found more powerful. But uh, being a Star Wars fan, I still found it interesting. Still fun seeing Boba Fett back again. And, uh, you know, not the best, but enough to keep me coming back. Nice. What did you watch this week? Uh, just three things. Uh, uh, I watched a documentary called um, Empire of the Air. Huh. And it's all about radio and how radio came to be and... Okay. And stuff like that. Uh, then I watched a second documentary. I'm just trying to pull up the name of it here so that I don't get it wrong. <laughs> um, it's a, thematically, it's a fairly appropriate documentary. I watched, um, come on, come on, come on, internet. Uh, I watched a movie called Skin 
oh, a history sure. of nudity in the movies. Hmm. Um, and it's it's. I mean, it it delves a little bit into both, but it's mostly like secular mainstream movies, nude mm, scenes, okay. and and um, but not just like not just like you know a a, a collection or a, a a talking of all of them. Like you know, what was it like? during you know these different eras what was it like what were the requirements what were the expectations hmm. of young actresses and young actors and and all of these things to do these scenes hmm. um and so that's all that's all pretty fascinating um and something that may come up again uh in a few months on this show the only other thing i watched that i highly recommend Mm-hmm. Is I rewatched last night in Soho. Oh, okay. And it's it's listen, it's it's intense. If I I don't think it would I don't think it would bother you. Listen, it's okay. here's here's the disclaimer. Yeah. Because last yeah, yeah. time I told you, like I watched it with people, and they they were extremely upset by it. Yeah, I think the it way is, you phrased it was simultaneously they found it rewarding, but also had night terrors or some such. Yeah, so it is. It is without revealing too much about the the people who I watched it with. Mm-hmm. It is um, so it's it's rewarding because the acting in it is fantastic. Mm. The characters are compelling. The cinematography is artistically breathtaking at times hmm. uh the music is out of this world hmm. like best best soundtrack of 2021 okay wow hands down hands oh, wow. down um maybe the best soundtrack of of the 2020s like Dang. you know so far hmm. and and maybe maybe forever who knows um <laughs> No, it's really good. I will say it. There are some scenes in it that, if you are an individual who, male or female, I'm I'm not going to specify. Mm-hmm. If you are someone who has who has been a victim of aggression, mm. who. Um, has been a victim of physical violence or maybe sexual violence mm. um, or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It there will it, it's potential that there will be some scenes. Nothing nothing like super explicit is shown. Sure, like at all really. It just it deals with st- stuff. Um, sure, and. And it's not what you see, it's more so just, like, what's implied. And you're like, oh, mm. this is, like, it's, like, what a... And it's not even, like, it's it's hard, it's, without you having seen it, it's, I, I guarantee you it's not what you think. It's just, like, sure. you just feel so bad, you just see, you see a character who um, is in just a bad spot. Hmm. Um, and, I, and I could see that that would be very triggering. For sure. Um, for some people. Uh, but aside from that, it's, it's, it is a masterpiece though. Like, I think it, it truly is an excellent film. Hmm. Excellent film. So last night in Soho, I still recommend it. 
Put it you on know, the list. Which I think, I think I'm, I think you're caught up on my list because you watched Greenland, and I think that I, was the only. That was the only main one, at least that was long, like yeah. long standing. I mean, there's I stuff like you have to watch, you have to watch Venom one and two, <laughs> right. so that we can, because right, Daphne, uh, <laughs> so that we can watch Morbius right. when it comes out very soon. <laughs> uh but yeah so but i think that was the only so so the new one the new one that i'm i'm putting in the the hey next time you watch a movie that i you know next time you're like i don't know what to watch mm-hmm. watch watch last night in soho okay. okay you have a lot of fun with it okay yeah wrap this up sir all right well thank you all for listening whether you're new to the show or a regular listener we appreciate you joining us check out our socials below facebook instagram twitter give us a like and a subscribe give us a positive rate and review wherever you're listening we also appreciate that check out our patreon page our merchandise page it's ways for you to help support the show keep the lights on pay the bills and it's also ways for us to return the favor and say thank you and give you some perks back for helping support the show um until next time um, I am Peter, and that is Brady. Really? That's how you're going to end it? I, we just did a whole episode on, on being naked, and you can't think <laughs> of any funny one-line thing to say? That's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Wow. What a... What a... Get what a story? A dis, what a short... No. Story? What a short, what a short effort you uh, just made there. Hmm. But I, I guess I guess it's important that, that size doesn't matter, right?